This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. This past week, my friend James Lindsay had the pleasure of sitting down with Joe Rogan at his studio in Austin, Texas. And while Joe Rogan has normally had James on his show to discuss things like critical race theory, the grievance hoax, papers, etc., there was no one real overarching subject this time that guided their three-hour-plus conversation. But the conversation did end up having a rather strong pivot point. And that was James Lindsay's illuminating what the overall current state of affairs is of our nation and our world, where the pace of change is dizzying. But gradual enough for many people to think that everything is just fine. And what Dr. Lindsay explained to Joe Rogan on his show, which was then picked up by Dan Bongino on his show, and is viral. And if you were a longtime listener to my podcast, The Causes of Things, you would have heard me referring to what Dr. Lindsay stated on Joe Rogan's show about three years ago, and then repeatedly I've said this over and over again over the past two years. And here's what Dr. Lindsay stated. He began the discussion by referring to the insane ideas of Georgi or George Lukács and what Lukács had done in Hungary during the quickly failed communist revolution back in 1919. Yes, there was a Soviet revolution in Hungary in 1919. Uh, and it was very short. And what Lukács tried to do was, first of all, have an instant reversal of sexual norms. The complete rejection of anything in the past. For the new. The destabilization of identities. Then after explaining that, James refers to Mao's cultural revolution, which we are experiencing in an American sense right now. And I explained as much back in my early 2019 podcast, Out With The Old, In With The New. And if you haven't heard that, I would suggest going back to the causes of things and giving that a listen from early 2019. Well, just as Mao was seeking to disrupt and dismantle the four olds, the Great Reset and Build Back Better is attempting to dismantle the old vestiges of what America was at one time. What was capitalism? What was a constitutional republic? And replace it all with a controlled, enviro-communist, fascist, algorithmic, totalitarian, panopticon, surveillance state. And what James was explaining is that the Great Reset is basically the replaying of a year zero scenario that was used by Cambodian dictator Paul Pot in his Year Zero initiative back in 1975, and that wasn't that long ago. Now, before I continue, I do want to just mention that I have spent several weeks in Cambodia. I have seen the former children's schools that were converted into torture facilities. I have been in the killing fields. I have spoken to survivors of the killing fields, where hundreds of thousands of human beings were just slaughtered. And this wasn't back long ago in a bygone era. 
you know, where you, you have just black and white sketchy films and so forth. No, this was in the 1970s, starting in 1975. I remember 1975. And so Paul Potts' year zero was meant to end the continuity of culture and the way of life that existed before the revolution. It was the disrupting and dismantling of all of the systems, ways of doing things, social interaction, etc., of the old world of what was before, and then forcibly creating a new hegemonic culture, which he then will demand that everyone must participate in. And the mere mention of the old ways in Cambodia, back when they were a French colony, back when things were going well, just the mention of the old days was prohibited. And so, the new rulers of Cambodia called 1975 Year Zero, the dawn of an age in which there will be no families, no sentiment, no expressions of love or grief, no medicines, no hospitals, no schools, no books, no learning, no holidays, no music, no song, no money, only work and death. Year Zero was effectually an attempt by the Khmer Rouge and Pol Pot to erase history and reset Cambodian society to a zeroth year, removing any vestiges of the past. And so the idea behind Year Zero was that all culture and traditions within a society must be completely destroyed or discarded, and a new revolutionary culture must replace it starting from scratch. All of the history of a nation or people before year zero would be largely deemed irrelevant because it would ideally be purged and replaced from the ground up. And so communist leader Paul Pot set out to reconstruct the country into a pre-industrial, classless society by attempting to turn all citizens into rural agricultural workers rather than educated city dwellers. That was sinful in Pol Pot's mind. You see, city dwellers, in Pol Pot's mind, his regime believed that they were corrupted by Western capitalist ideas. So when he declared that the nation would start again at year zero and everything that existed before year zero was to be eradicated, this was to be a complete and thorough reset a great reset of Cambodian society. He isolated his people from the global community, established rural collectives, dismantled the social fabric and infrastructure of Cambodia, all of it, created new systems, and set about the emptying of cities as well as the abolition of money. He then destroyed the banks, private property, families, and all religions. Knowledge of anything pre-year zero was prohibited. To ensure that there was no recorded memory of a pre-year zero society, books were burned, 
Also, yeah, wearing glasses was also criminalized as it was taken to indicate that one might habitually read books. In democratic kampucha, the only acceptable lifestyle was that of a peasant agricultural worker. See, Pol Pot was going for the agrarian thing. Centuries of Cambodian culture and institutions were thereby eliminated, shutting down factories, hospitals, schools, universities, along with anyone who expressed interest in their preservation. So-called new people, members of the old governments, and intellectuals in general, including lawyers, doctors, teachers, engineers, clergy, and qualified professionals in all fields, were thought to be a threat to the new regime and were therefore especially singled out and executed during the purges, accompanying year zero. So all the brightest, all the best that you had in Cambodia, they were part of the old system, and they had to be done away with. Now remember, Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge were pretty much French-educated communists, actually studying in Paris, even at the Sorbonne. And they took inspiration from the concept of year one in the French Revolutionary Calendar. The French year one came about during the French Revolution, when after the abolition of the French monarchy on the 20th of September 1792, the National Convention instituted a new calendar and declared that date to be the beginning of year one. In other words, everything up to 1792 was now officially the past, like the thought of when you went from the Old Covenant into then the birth of Christ, a new age. And we spoke about this at length, by the way, on my podcast that I released on November 2nd, 2020. And I did it on that date purposely, as I understood that November 3rd would mark the end of the constitutional America as we know it. And the Jacobins of the French Revolution, when they declared their now year one, they reset all of their calendars to day one of year one on what was previously known as September 22nd, 1792, when the National Convention declared the new France a republic. And just like with Pol Pot, the Jacobins, almost 200 years before Pol Pot, And as well, the radical Robespierre had to start changing everything in France. Shifts in fashion were a noticeable outcome of the revolution. The ornate costumes of the aristocracy and the bourgeoisie, a trapping of wealth and extravagance, had largely disappeared by 1792. Women stopped wearing those hooped skirts and large headdresses, while men... The men abandoned the use of powder wigs, which honestly, I don't think that was a bad move. But the revolution also changed the way that individuals communicated with one another. In Paris and other cities and towns, traditional forms of address such as Sir, Monsieur, Madame, well, that was all abandoned. And instead, you had the more egalitarian citizen that was used in its place. So citizens abandoned the culture and formalities of pre-revolutionary society, including bows, curtsies, and genuflection, and the tipping of the hat. 
it even made such an, an impression on a Scottish physician. His name was John Moore, and he visited Paris during the Revolution. And he wrote with some disapproval about the new way of doing things that was happening in the new France. And here's what he said. He said, quote, There is in Paris at present a great affection of that plainness of dress and simplicity of expression, which is supposed to belong to Republicans. And when he says Republicans, he's talking about those that are for the Republic of France. I go on. He says, people are saying the name citizen for majeur when talking to or of any person. But more frequently, particularly in the National Assembly, they just simply now use the surname. It has even been proposed in some of the newspapers that the custom of taking off the hat and bowing the head should be abolished, as it is a remnant of ancient slavery and unbecoming of the independent spirit of free man. So you can see, there is literally nothing new that is happening to all of us now here in 2022. It's the same game. But this time, it isn't just an attempt at a cultural revolution, although it is. It's an attempt to change everything. And it is an attempt to change humanity. It isn't just changing life around us, as was done in revolutionary France or in Pol Pot's Cambodia. It is about changing humanity to change and manipulate humanity into a new form of life. Because the new revolution must be sustainable. And human beings and our way of growth, and our means of pollution, and our way of existence, is not sustainable. So everything must change. And so... You will see little signs of change around you right now, becoming more and more visible as the weeks go by. For instance, you see food shortages at the grocery store. You see equipment shortages at the electronics store. And you can't walk in and buy a new car at a dealership. There's just no cars there. And all of those items, food, equipment, cars, will soon be rationed. Just like in the Soviet Union many years ago. Much like in Venezuela today. And the exact same thing is happening in our hospitals and healthcare. Why do you think they use the excuse of vaccine mandates to fire 30 to 40% of their staffs? Well, because you want to ration health care. You want to change the hospital system and the health care system. And you want to change the triage of health care as you provide rationed health care. And it won't just be who can pay for health care. It will be who is it that is most disadvantaged that will get care first. You know, James Lindsay and I explained this almost two years ago in our episode on health equity. And here we are, at the precipice of year zero. 
for the human race. So now you know why. I have said to every man, woman, and child that I have ever spoken to that we must win. Because we must. There can be no lose. We must win. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Thank you.